Yo, 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 yo. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Sober Chat Podcast. As, of course, I'm your host, Willie Will. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing on this lovely, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Friday evening? I want to thank you for those for y'all. Uh, thank you for those of y'all who are joining us via Facebook. Those of you joining us via Instagram, and those of yours, those of y'all joining us via Twitch. Once again, thank you for joining us. This is I, of course, am your host Willie Will. And what is this? We're going to have a wonderful time this time this week on today's show. Uh. I called it Spooky Season Part 2 because we will do another spooky movie review. Uh, This week's spooky movie review, again, voted by you guys, is uh, Hellraiser, 1987. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, I really didn't want to watch this movie. Damn movie was very disgusting from beginning to end. Hey, Jaja. Uh, happy Friday, as always. Um, yeah, I, I really didn't, again, I really didn't want to watch this movie. It just was just plain old disgusting. I mean, I, I, I don't know, like, how, or better to say, it, it, it was it was gross. It was grotesque. Uh, it was definitely a horror flick. It was more of a, I don't know, we would call it maybe a psychological type thriller if you really want to go somewhere, but it was, oh God, it was grotesque. Uh, I sat here this afternoon, I got up, I made breakfast, I made my coffee, I'm like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch this movie, and I'm going to spend an hour and a half of my day watching this movie, and I forgot, and I'm going to be honest, I forgot just how grotesque this movie really is. I mean, let me tell you something. There are some scenes in this movie that just make make made me want to throw up my my, my uh, I guess you want to say brunch, breakfast slash brunch that I had. Oh my god, it, it it was that bad. But I got through it. That hour and a half is over, and then I started set up for the show, and I got ready to come here and be with you guys for the evening. Also, besides the movie, we're going to uh, discuss Alex Jones. Now, for those of you guys who don't know who it is, Alex Jones, is who he is, is a conspiracy theorist. Of course, he's white, and he was ordered to pay $1 billion, not a million, not a couple hundred thousand, not $1 billion to the families of the Sandy Hook shooting, school shooting that happened in um, in Connecticut. He was ordered to pay a billion dollars. Why, you ask? I will tell you about that. And I will give you my feelings about it and the reason why I feel the way I feel about it. Also, for those of y'all who have not seen uh, Kanye West is crazy still, very crazy still, and Kanye West is has uh, somebody has decided that he's too crazy 
and we don't want his business anymore. Who that is, I'll tell you that. And also, you know, we'll talk about some little minor things. Of course, of course, I'm giving away the Get the Fuck Out of Here Award. Definitely giving that away. And you will definitely see who that goes to. And you will definitely agree to who that goes to. But, of course, before we get into any of that, I got to tell you guys where to find me on the regular, where how, how to reach out to me, how to, you know, get back, get into the, join the conversation. Because if you want to be honest, I want you guys to join the conversation and have your feelings about anything that's going on. So, how would you do that? You can always email me at sowhatyoursaying5 at gmail.com. That's S-O-W-U-T-U-S-A-Y-I-N-5 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at So What You're Saying. We are streaming there right now live. You can find us on Instagram at So What You're Saying. Again, we are streaming there live. You can find us on Twitter at What's Saying. You can hit us up on our link tree. So What You're Saying, which is where you can find us all over the place. And there's one place I I haven't put up here. I'm going to put that up there for next week's show. It's Twitch. Please. Anybody, go to twitch.tv slash so what you're saying and give us a follow. Your follow helps build the, build the community and we'll do uh, it helps us become a bigger brand. So again, go to www.twitch.tv slash so what you're saying and please give us a follow on Twitch and help build the community and will help for everybody to find us and join us on a weekly basis. So, how was everybody's week? I'll tell you how my week was. My week was fucking boring. I'm keeping it 100% honest with you. My week was boring as shit. What did I do all week? Oh, well, because I am still recovering from my accident... Um, I did nothing. You know, I can't wait to go back to work. Granted, uh, going back to work is going to change how I do this, but not really, because this will still be done once every week, and I will be here for with you guys every week. But it it, it it's just hard sitting at home, really doing nothing but recovering. You know, my ankle is not. I'm walking around pretty well. My shoulder. It's not as bad as it was uh, some weeks ago. Although I still get, um, you know, I still get some some instances where I, uh, where you know, it tweaks, and 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 that's fine. You know, I, I knew that was going to be part of the recovery process, and you know, I was gonna hope I could get to it. But yeah, this, this week was boring. This was boring. Like I said, the the, the, the most exciting part of my week was cooking, um, you know, seeing what you guys wanted to see, wanted me to watch for a movie review, which, oh, my God. Oof, oof. Jeez Louise. You know, you guys are, are great. I love you guys. But the way you choose, the movies you guys, the movie you guys chose this week made me want to, you know, throw up my lunch. And 
I mean, my brunch, let me say that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really, it, it, it really hurt my feelings. But it's okay, because I got through it. And, you know, uh, I'm another week down, another movie down. Uh, next week's movie, which will be, I think, the week before Halloween. Uh, wait, hold on, let me, let me check my calendar. Let me see how many movies we got left. Ah, we got two weeks. So next we got next week's movie. And then we've got the movie that uh we're gonna do for Halloween. Um I'm I I'm gathering up more movies. It's gonna be a completely different list than it was this week. There'll be no repeat movies this week. Um but we will have a bunch of different movies going on for next week's next week's review and we'll see what you pick next week see if you you'll actually make me throw up my lunch next week cuz that this movie was horrible but anyway so let's get to the get let's get to the get to uh i guess i'll start with 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 alex jones so, let, let, let me just say this. There are people on the face of this earth which I don't really agree with 100% the shit that they do. And I've said it a million times from uh, our former president to uh, Kanye West to, again, as genius of a musician as he is, he's crazy in the fucking head. But this shit that I saw that I'm about to discuss right now is some of the stupidest and craziest shit I have ever seen in my entire life. What am I talking about? Alex Jones. Like I said at the beginning, he was ordered to pay about a billion dollars in damages. Why? Well, if you don't know, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I pressed the button. Don't know how I did that, but okay. Okay, we should be okay now. Okay, so, again, like I said, okay, we should be okay now. Okay, so, let's see what else. Gotcha. Okay, okay. That's why, that's how, I'm like, what the heck? Anyway. Can't have that happen. Okay. So. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to show you why this man is ordered to pay almost a billion dollars in damages, and you'll understand why. And I'll be back to let you guys, to, to, to give you my thoughts and let you know why I am glad this thing has to do this. So, 
There you go. For a decade, the far-right conspiracy theorist slash media personality Alex Jones has been saying that the Sandy Hook massacre did not actually happen. 26 people died in that Connecticut school shooting in 2012. 20 of them were first graders. All of those victims had families. And those families, thanks to Jones's lies, not only lost a loved one, but have faced a decade of harassment and threats from Jones's followers. All while Alex Jones himself has profited. Today, a jury in Connecticut unanimously ordered that Alex Jones and his company pay $965 million in damages to the families of eight victims from that shooting. That comes on top of the $49 million Jones has already been ordered to pay in a similar case in Texas. Amazingly, Jones was live on his show when today's verdict came out. And despite hearing exactly how he's hurt these families, just a staggering amount of pain and anguish that's been described in detail, in detail, over the course of this trial. Despite that fact, and the fact that he now faces a billion dollars in damages, Alex Jones still believes this is all just one big joke. So, there you go. That is why Alex Jones has been ordered has been ordered to pay uh, a billion dollars, or almost. Well, yeah, pretty much a billion dollars. Um, $965 million to eight families in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. $49 million to, uh, uh, for a similar, for a family in Texas. And um, so that's, he, he, he's out a billion dollars. But for him, that's probably a drop in the bucket. But this is bigger than, much bigger than the verdict that was passed along uh, in Connecticut. Much bigger. I'm going to tell you why. In the last couple years, we've had people doing stupidness. We've had um, our former celebrity in chief talking about an election was stolen. Although, there was no proof. There was no evidence. And you still got him. He still ran around talking about this election was stolen. He still got people running around talking about this election was stolen, right? So, okay, we've got people running around talking racist crap, and we have people going around killing and and murdering innocent black, brown, Hispanic people. This This is why this is bigger than that verdict and why this is bigger than anything that you could possibly imagine. Of course, $965 million. That's almost a billion dollars. And then he starts to pay another forty-nine in Texas. So that's over a billion dollars worth of money he's got to shell out. And 
The reason this is bigger than that is because the eight families of those eight children who have died are now going to get closure on this. Of course, he's going to appeal this because he's a white dude and he don't want to give no money, no bread. He's about that money. He's about his power. And for some reason in this country, money equates to power. But the reason it's, it, it really is truly as big is it's finally letting people know, hey, you can't just go and say what the fuck you want and think you're going to fucking get away with it. 20 families lost their children. You heard it in the report. 20 families lost their children. And to have this being brought up by somebody who's dumb enough to run around and say the whole thing was a hoax. Well, go to those grave sites of those those children that have passed and the adults and tell them that it was a hoax. Go to the, 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 the houses and families of people that were injured during all this and tell them that it was a hoax. Because my thing is, there's dead bodies. How the fuck in on God's green earth, heaven, hell, or anywhere in between could you look at this shit and be like it was a fucking hoax? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me. It would be nice for somebody to tell me how this was a fucking hoax. Really? This was a this whole thing was a hoax, but the reason it was it's bigger is because I feel like what's gonna happen is it's gonna show people that you just can't run around and say say what you want and not pay a a price and a penalty. Now it'd be different if they hit them with twenty million dollars, thirty million dollars even $40 million, or even $100 million, I would still say it's a slap on the wrist. No. They hit this man with uh, almost a billion dollars in Connecticut and 49 in Texas, which combines for over $1 billion. And personally, I am happy to see that he got hit. Because at the end of the day, you deserve everything you got because you're playing with these families. You're playing with these the, 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 their dead children's lives. And they, they don't deserve that. You're running around on national, on your platform, uh, on your podcast, or, or whatever you, wherever you said it, and you're saying this is a hoax. These people don't deserve that at all. Those dead children, God rest their souls, don't deserve that at all. Those injured adults or children or dead adults for all the Sandy Hook massacre, they don't 
deserve that. What you did was 100% wrong. 100% wrong. And the problem with this, and the best thing about this whole thing, you're going to have to pay that money. Now, this is not going to bring these children back. Nothing will. And again, I don't care how long it's been. Condolences to the families who lost these kids. But at least one person is going to have to pay that price. Or a second person is going to have to pay a price because they decided they just wanted to run their mouth. And I'm happy about this because, again, it's showing you just can't run around, say what you want, and not pay a penalty for it. There are things that you should be able to say, your opinions, your thoughts, but when it comes to people who, who, who have lost their lives because of whatever, you should not be able to say what you want, and you should have to pay a price for that. A hundred percent, you should have to pay a price for that. And Alex Jones is going to pay a heavy price for that. Because that's a billion dollars homie got to shell out. Now, again, he may go to court, appeal it. He's going to appeal it. You know he's going to appeal it. You know he's not going to want to pay it. But he's probably going to go to court. He's going to appeal it. And what's going to end up happening is they may bring it down. They may not bring it down. But uh, either way, he's going to have to pay that money. He's going to have to pay the price. He's going to have to pay the piper. And that's what he deserves. And he gets exactly what he deserves. Exactly what he deserves. All right. So, now, let's get to this week's movie review. And then I'll talk about who kicked Kanye's business to the side. And granted, it's not nobody small either. So, in 1987, your man Clive Barker directed a cult classic. I believe he directed it. I know. Yes, he directed it. And it's based on he directed a cult classic called Hellraiser. My stomach is still hurting by the fact that I had to watch this movie. And this movie was disgusting. Every which way but loose, the movie was disgusting. But he directed a movie based on a book called The Hellbound Heart, if I'm not mistaken. And this movie starred uh, some lesser-known actors and actresses. Uh, Ashley Lawrence. Um, 
who plays uh, Christy in the movie, Andrew Robinson, uh, who played her father, I think Larry was his name, Claire Higgins. Um, I believe she played, um, what's her name? Uh, is it Laura? I believe that's what her name is. Sean uh, Chapman, whose biggest role is um, playing Frank Cotton. And Doug Bradley, who everybody knows as Pinhead. He is the, when you talk Pinhead, he's the, he's the man. He's the, he's the man. So this movie was released on September 10th, 1987 in, uh, in London. And, of course, it made its way uh, here to the U.S. Now, I'm going to tell you, this movie is grotesque. But for those of you who are looking forward to the new 2022 version of Hellraiser, which is on, um, I believe it's on, um, it's on uh, Hulu right now. I really think you should watch the original Hellraiser and then make your decision. But. If you don't know about the original Hellraiser, I'm going to show you the trailer, and I'll be back to talk about the movie, give you my breakdown of the movie. I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. And so there you go. I have seen the future of horror. It's replaying for no reason. But there you go. That is the trailer for the 1987 cult classic, Hellraiser. Now, I'm going to give you the best details as I possibly, possibly can. But I'm going to tell you right now. It was disgusting. It's an hour and about 30, 33, hour and 34 minutes. So it's not a very long movie. Not compared to some of the 
the movies that we have going on today being two hours, three, two and a half hours. But you're going to, this is, this movie is very, 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 very disgusting. So, where do we begin? Hold up, let me switch with some water. All right. So, the movie opens after your opening credits. Movie opens. Guy's sitting at the table with uh, this other guy. Looks like an Asian merchant. And he asks, and you're introduced to Frank Cotton right at the beginning of the movie. The opening scene introduced to Frank, and he is sitting at the table with this merchant guy. And the guy says to him, what is your pleasure? And sitting on this table is a puzzle box. First of all, first thing I want to say is, if a strange nigga sitting at a table with a box, and he asks you, what's your pleasure? I'm like, I ain't ain't buying shit from that nigga. But what does Frank do? He ante's up. He puts stacks on the table. And I mean stacks. Like, you see $100 bills. He, he, He wanted this box. He took the box and says, you can have the box. The box was always for you. Okay. And mind you, Frank is a hedonist, and he's he, he's he's a traveler. He don't stay in one. You can tell he don't stay in one place, and he's not that clean because uh, yo his nails was dirty and all that. But regardless, so he goes home. He's on his knees. He's got candles around him, and he's in his attic in his house, and. He's solving this puzzle. So what do you see? Once he, the puzzle is coming together and and he solves it. And what happens? The room starts to light up. And then you you hear, you see chains come out. You hear chains, ching. And it starts grabbing him by his, his arm, his legs, his chest, his face, all that. Tearing him apart. Tearing him apart. I mean, this, this shit is literally just ripping him off skin, piece of skin. But I said, oh, my God. It, it was totally, totally very, 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 very graphic. So then, guy in the black robe gets up comes out and he's looking and then you see all these chains hanging you see this one thing spinning with a bunch of flesh on it and then he's searching through the flesh pieces looking for a piece of Frank's face he puts Frank's kind of face back together he grabs the puzzle box and then he resets it and fucking disappears he resets the box, and he dis a fucking pit. I mean, 
the opening scene to the movie was disgusting. It was completely disgusting. So then, what happens? You go to, you, you, you go, you see the house, and you're introduced to uh, Larry, who's Frank's brother. The house you, was their parents' house. And he's telling, and he, he, you, you're, oh, Julia is his wife's name. Let me, let me, let me make that clear. So they're, 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 they, they come to the house. Frank didn't want to sell the house. And Larry uh, deduced that he just wanted it to be a hideout, maybe someplace he can go lay low, you know, do his world travels, right? So they go to the house, and they're going through, they're going, she, he's, showing him, he's showing him the house. Oh, he's showing her the house. And they're going through the house. They go to the kitchen, which has maggots and and. and Damn, uh, 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 what the hell? Water bugs? Oh, my God. That was disgusting. And that was in the kitchen itself. So then they go upstairs. As she goes upstairs and she sees where uh, Frank, his brother, had been at the house. Larry leaves the room. Julia is going through uh, Frank's stuff and finds a picture of Frank. And she keeps this picture. Now, I thought that was weird as fuck. That's your husband's brother. Why the fuck you going to keep his picture? You're going to find out in just a second. So finally, uh, Julia comes out and says, hey, let's, let's move into this house. Then um, uh, Larry's daughter calls. Larry's daughter, Kristen, or Christy, I think that's what her name is, calls, tells her she, she's back in town. She's found a little room. It's kind of small, but she would like it. And, you know, but Christy, you know, is she's old enough. She's staying with her boyfriend in this room, which is fine. That's cool. She's an adult. What the fuck? Dude, she wants you. The dad wanted her to come live in the house with them. But she's like, nah, that's just not, not what it is, right? So Julia and Larry decide to move into this house. Uh, Christy comes over while they're trying to uh, move, uh, and they're trying to move their stuff in. They got a, a mattress that they're trying to move. They got some moving guys. They're trying to move this mattress upstairs. Christy just sees her dad, goes, she tries to make some coffee. Um, Julia's upstairs with this picture of Larry's brother, Frank. And she rips the, the picture off as she's looking at him. And it goes to a flashback scene where it shows that before her and Larry got married, that she fucked uh, Frank before they got married. Now, the scene is very, very erotic. And the, the, the whole thing is, 
she's 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 into getting pounded and she doesn't want to have any control. She's into getting pounded. She wants, you know, to she wants to, you know, get that D and she wants to be taken control of and it shows Frank was giving it to her. Frank was giving her the, the ODD. All right? So she's thinking about it and while she's up there reminiscing and daydreaming about the shit in the attic, no less, uh, Larry's trying to move the bed in. He cuts himself deep on a damn, um, on a nail in the house. Now, let me say this. There's no reason why you should be leaking like that. But he got cut deep, and even in the movie, it depicts it kind of cut him to the white meat. So he runs upstairs to um, his wife, and you can tell he's a little punk because he's like, yo, um, you know how I feel about blood. So he goes upstairs in the attic, and, his, and he's leaking right now. Leaking blood, and this blood leaking all over the floor. Now, you can tell this is an 80s movie because you shouldn't have been dripping that much, that many buckets of blood. But he's leaking. Leaking, leaking, leaking. So they go downstairs. They see Christy on the stairs. She says, uh, uh, Julia says, hey, take me so you can go get... Um, Go to get some, um, go to get stitches for this cut. Because, again, this cut requires stitches, and it is a deep cut. Uh, let, let me just say that. So the blood drips on the floor in the attic, and then you see the blood getting sucked into the floor. And then you see it takes you to a scene where it goes below the floorboards, and you see heart start pumping. And then later on, the floorboards start shaking. And then this disgusting, nasty, oh, my God, this, oh, my God. That, this was one of the most disgusting scenes I have ever seen. This guy's coming out the floor. Uh, let, let me see if I can find that scene. Because I, I have to show you guys, I can't even describe how disgusting this scene is. You have to see it for yourself. Hold on, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find a seat. There we go. This is disgusting. Thank <laughs> you. 
wanted to show you, oh, show you how disgusting that really is. That is nasty as fuck. Nasty as fuck. That that that. Imagine you you're eating your breakfast, and that's what the fuck you see. That's what you're you're watching while you're eating your breakfast. So imagine how my stomach felt while that nasty ass shit was going on. So, you see him come back. Larry's having some type of dinner party with some friends of his, with his wife. And you can look and tell that his wife is really not into what's going on. She's still daydreaming about Frank. So, what happened? She decides to leave the party, and she goes upstairs. Um, she goes into the attic and she looks down and she sees some nasty shit on the floor and then she sees Frank crawl over and she's like yo, he's like yo, don't look at me and she, and Julia is scared out of her fucking mind she's like, who are you? and he tells her I'm Frank and he's like, I've come back and she's like, from where? And she's like, and he doesn't tell her specifically, but he tells her he's he's back. And she's still she's so obsessed with this guy, she agrees. He tells her, yo, yo, uh, you drop uh, when you drop Larry's blood on the floor, it resurrected me. And in order to come back fully, I need more. So. Of course, she's so obsessed with this nigga and so obsessed with the D. She, yo, she, yo, this she, this is the true, true, true definition of dickmatized. Because she's so obsessed with this D, with this nigga's dick game, that she agrees to help him so he can resurrect himself. And come back so that they can run away together. So she, she, she agrees to help him. And what she starts doing is she goes, starts going, to, uh, going out to the bars and she picks up these guys. She's going out. She does, she does what she do. She, she flaunts the woman, woman wears. She uses the, 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 the power of uh, women's power, and I want y'all to understand, y'all have this power because niggas be wanting, be wanting y'all, just dead ass. She picks him up, she picks him up, she brings him back to the house, takes him in the attic, and then she kills him. And then Frank drains, she starts, because she takes the first guy, beats him with a, hit, beats him with a hammer, and then drains his life and blood, and starts restoring his body. And she was so fucking taken the first time she did it that she went to, you can see she went in the bathroom. She was shaking, and uh, she was nervous. Yo, you could tell that totally threw her off. But in one of the scenes, in the pre- one of the previous scenes, uh, she had wanted her, he, 
she had wanted him to dig her back out again. And she said, please, I'd do anything for her. She was digmatized back then, and she's still digmatized right now. Anyway, he drains his life, and then he explains to, to Julia that um, he's having, he's exhausted all his sensory experiences, so he sought out the puzzle box, which was supposed to give him access to a realm of carnal pleasures when the um, puzzle was solved, uh, the Cenobites came. And they subjected him to the extreme sadomasochism. For those of you don't, who, who don't, for those of you people, oh, hold up. Oh, okay, there we go. For anybody who doesn't know what sadomasochism is, sadomasochism is the giving and receiving of pleasure from acts involving the receipt or infliction of pain or, humili or humiliation. All right? So that's these motherfuckers that like to be whipped and, and, and blood and stepped on or humiliated. Like, if when you, ladies, when you see a guy talking about cock over and shit on me, that's humiliation. That he like, he's into sadomasochism. If niggas say, yo, uh, I, I want you to choke me, I want you to. They're into sadomasochism. Because that's pain. I'm not into all that. I, I, I kind of ain't into all that. There's just some things I, I ain't into. I ain't into all that shit. That shit to me is kind of crazy. But anyway, so uh, later, uh, as the day goes on, Christy starts having these crazy-ass dreams. She's in her room with her boyfriend, and she's at, oh, wait. First, they're coming home from, her and her boyfriend go out. They're coming home. I guess they go to a bar or a club. I, I, I have no idea which one it is. But they go, they're getting on the train, and they're getting on the train, and this homeless guy is looking at her. Looking at her crazy through this wood. And she's like, eh. So then they go on the train, they start kissing, and she goes to her house that night, and she starts having a crazy dream. And then her boyfriend gets up out of his dream, and he looked like he was involved in the dream. The dream, she, she seen somebody laying on a table and pulled back the cover with all these feathers. And then pulls back the cover, and it's a dead body, and she starts screaming. First, the boyfriend gets up. Then the boyfriend wakes her up, and she's tripping. Uh, the dead body, I think, is her father. So she goes, she calls her dad. Dad, you okay? Blah, 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 blah. Dad says, I'm fine. Dad goes back upstairs. Uh, during, during this time, Julia's, you know, snuck upstairs to the attic and seen Frank. And Frank's telling him, I need more, about one or two more. And you can see whatever he's doing is bringing him back. It's just starting to repair his blood vessels and all that other good stuff. So 
Um, eventually, Christy, she goes to her job. She's at work. She's working in a pet store. In a pet store. Crazy, isn't it? She's working in a pet store, and in this pet store, the, the homeless guy comes in. Well, first she's getting into it with some white lady over a bird. Yeah. Anyway, she's going, but the homeless guy comes in, and he reaches his hand. She goes out. She gets him out of the counter, and this homeless guy reaches his hand into this tank. And there's a bunch of spiders in it, and then he starts eating them. Disgusting. Total disgusting. She's like, put them back. And then she looks at him, and she sees him eating them, and she's disgusted herself. So she goes, she lets him walk out. Her boyfriend comes back in. Boyfriend comes and says, I want to see what you're doing tonight, blah, 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 blah. She said, uh, they'll be all right. They were going to go out, blah, blah, blah. So then, eventually, Christy sees uh, Julia, her father's, her father's wife, bringing a man in the house. Taking him, taking him upstairs. Uh, she sneaks into the house, and all the while, Julie's taking the man upstairs so that Frank can drain him. Julia kills the man, or Julia brings the man inside, and then Christy bumps into something or knocks something down, and Julia hears it. In the house. So what happens is Frank comes out, takes the guy. Julia goes to see what's going on. And Frank essentially kills the guy and starts draining his life. So Julia, whatever she's doing, she, she's, uh, she's in the bathroom or wherever she's at in the house. And Christy goes upstairs. And the guy, by, by the way, the attic's at, she's looking, and the guy comes out the attic, and she's like, oh, my God. But it's not the guy she's shocked at. She ends up seeing Frank. Of course, Frank pulls her in. Christy, Mario, grow, come to daddy. So they start fighting and all that other good stuff, and all that other great, they, they start fighting, because Frank is going to try to kill her. And drain her life. And she's young, so she should, you know, he, he, I guess he figures she'll have more life than most of these guys that is, uh, that, that, that Julie is bringing home. So while they're struggling, Julia picks up the box, the, the, the puzzle box. Frank takes the puzzle box. And the puzzle, the, take the, uh, she takes the puzzle box. Frank says, give me the puzzle box back. Julia's like, he, Frank's chasing her around the attic with the puzzle box, with Julia with the puzzle box. She says, you want it? Go get it. She throws the puzzle box out the window. Frank, of course, is screaming, no, like a little bitch, instead of getting the box. And then she goes, runs outside, picks up the box. She runs down the block. She eventually passes out, ends up in the hospital. So now what happens is 
The box is in the room. Uh, what happens is she she wakes up. She's in the hospital. And um, a nurse is in the room watching TV. Nurse says, oh, you're awake. I'll go get the doctor. And she goes out. And she's like, wait, no, I have to call my dad first. She goes out. The nurse says, okay, we'll do take care of that, but I want to get the doctor first. Doctor comes in, says the same thing. Doctor says, hey, do you know what this is? Julia says, no, I do not. So Julia, so the doctor says, well, here, you take that. We'll, we'll take care of getting, getting the, um, we'll, 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 we'll get you a phone to call your dad. But here, they try to figure out what that is. And leaves the puzzle box on her tray table, and he leaves out. She's trying to get up after he goes. She's trying to get up afterwards and leave the, leave the uh, hospital room, but the door is locked. And then, of course, she gets sucked in. She starts playing with the puzzle box. She solves the puzzle box out of curiosity. Because she didn't have shit else to do. She was bored. And she was doing it. You could tell she was like a little kid. And then the Cenobites come. And what happens is the wall opens up. And she it's a hallway. A long, dark hallway. And of course, unlike black, uh, uh, unlike me, and I think most of my fans or people who's watching or the black people or black people in the face of earth, we're not going down a long hallway. We're not going down a long hallway. And a long dark hallway and there's no there's really no light. So then she goes down this hallway. And then this big-ass creature, which is called the Engineer, comes out and has, like, a scorpion tail. And then at the bottom, it has a, 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 a nasty-ass face. And starts chasing her ass back up the hallway. This shit is disgusting. This Engineer, and she runs out talking about, no, no, no. She runs back the hallway. She narrowly escapes. She gets back into the room. The wall closes. You can hear the engineer banging on the wall, and then she's trying to get out the out the the, 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 the hospital room. But of course she can't. But now you see the steam in the wall coming, and here come the Cenobites, Pinhead, all of them. They, 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 they coming. Hold on, now let me see. Let me see if the other ones have a name. I'm just trying to see if the other Cenobites have a name. Of the other Cenobites have a name besides the engineer and um, Pinhead. Nope, it doesn't look like the uh, Cenobites have have any name. So, anyway, moving on. Cenobites comes. So the Cenobites, uh, the pin, Pinhead, 
explains to Christy that they have been uh, preceded as both angels and demons, and they're explorers from another dimension seeking carnal experiences since they can't no uh, longer differentiate between pain and pleasure. So what happens is that one of them is grabbing her by the neck, about to rip her fucking neck out, and they're telling her, you summoned us, so now you have to go with us. So she's screaming, no, no, no. And then eventually she says, you know Frank Cotton, who is her uncle. Like, just be, be real. They're like, yes. It's like, um. Then she's like, well, has it, she's, he's escaped from you. And they said, nobody's ever escaped from us. But she's like, no, he's here. He's upstairs in my attic. And they grew, and the Cenobites say, listen, he has to confess that he is the one, he, he has escaped from us. But if he doesn't, and you're lying, we're going to tear you apart. Them niggas was going, what? Woo! She was going to get it. So she had to go get Frank. So she goes back to the house. And it, while in the house, Frank and Julia are upstairs talking. Julia's smoking a cigarette, talking about, oh, she's going to tell the police. We need to get out of here. She's like, I can't go get out of here like this. I need, you know, because he needs skin and all that other good stuff. And, um, you know, he has if they want to leave, they got to, you know, he's got to be fully, you know, restored. So, not too long after that, um, Larry comes home. And, of course, uh, in order to, she's so, she so digmatized by Frank that in order to get him uh, restored faster, they kill Larry. But they kill Larry, and what happens is Christy comes in and says, Dad, Dad, uh, Uncle Frank, he's upstairs. Uh, he looks disgusting. Uh, and she's telling him about the box and all the other good stuff. And she's like, uh, and, of course, her dad, Larry, who you will find out is not her dad, says it's over. I've killed him. He's dead. And um, Christy says, well, I want to go upstairs and I want to see. And she goes upstairs and it's her dad's corpse, not Larry. Uh, It's uh, Larry's corpse and not Frank's corpse. They lock the door behind her Locking the door behind her, they lock her in. The Cenobites appear, and they're not fooled by the whole deception. They know that that's not uh, Frank, that's Larry. And they demand the man who did this. Christy escapes, but she runs downstairs, and she's held, uh, Julia grabs her while she's going downstairs and holds her. 
Frank reveals himself under Larry's skin. And he's talking about, he's because he's trying to fuck Christy on top of that. And you got to think about it. Julia was down to let him fuck Christy. Because she a little nasty half of her damn self. But when Christy says no, Frank pulls out his knife. Christy gets away from, from Julia. Frank stabs Julia. Um, he drains Julia. And then essentially what he does is takes Julia upstairs, puts her in the bed with the box. And you can see all the chains with the box. And they come and get her. But they already know what it is. So what happens is a cat and mouse game goes on. She scratches Frank and leaves a nasty gash in his face. And it's disgusting. It's leaking. It's dripping. It's doing all this nasty stuff, right? So he chases all the way upstairs and they get to the um the attic. And this is where um he gets to the attic, and he's a, he wants to kill her. But then you hear, then you see the lights come up, just like in the beginning of the movie, and the Cenobites appear. The, the, the thing, the swinging thing, you see all the chains, and you see the thing that was flailing the corpse that, that had flesh on it. Oh, my God. Uh, and it was swinging around, and they, he, he appears... After they, the Cenobites appear, right after they hear him confess that he escaped from them. And just as he goes to kill her, what happens? The chains, chink, 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 chink. Here come the chains. They're pulling his skin back. And she, she's getting ready to escape the room. And... Frank's last words were something about God. Uh, it was a crazy last word before she closed the door and his head exploded. But they, the Cenobites, fucking reneged on their word because she went and got the box and they were trying to get her. She went and got the box um, from Julia's hands because the box was in her hands and she was chained up. And each one of the Cenobites was coming to get her and she was reversing the puzzle. And as she was doing it, each of them were banished back to, um, were banished back to wherever realm they come from. But all while she's doing this, the house is collapsing. It's falling apart. <laughs> the inside of the house. And her boyfriend comes and is trying to find her. 
and the house is still collapsing. And she's getting ready each of the Cenobites. She gets downstairs to him. They're getting ready to go out the front door. And, of course, one last Cenobite, the engineer, comes. And they're fighting the engineer. They twist in the box. She gets rid of him. They get out the house. So they go to, like, a, I guess, um, a field where there's a bunch of fires lit. And Christy takes the puzzle box and throws it in the fire. Now, I'm thinking this shit is going to melt or whatever. But no, the same homeless man who had been following her throughout the whole movie walks into the fire, sets himself on fire, takes out the puzzle box, and then transforms into this boneless, winged skeleton creature and flies away. And I'm like, this shit is weird as fuck. So then, you see at the end that the box ends up back with the guy who sold the box to Frank. And his last words are, what are your what is your pleasure? And the movie ends. And I'm like, all this time I'm watching this fucking movie. And I'm like, oh, 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 this is disgusting. This is just crazy stuff. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. So, um, wait, hold on. Let me, let me see. There might be names for the Cenobites. No, there's no name. But it's like, yo, that movie, oh, 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 made my stomach. Oof. Lord Jesus. So, anyway, there it goes. Your uh, review of Hellraiser. If I had to give it a rating, uh, that's three out of five stars because the kills are creative. They're very graphic. The story is still a little uh, flaylay, but it's a, it, it's it, if you like, like if you like Final Destination, you should like this movie. But I think Final Destination. Um, I like their premise. I like the premise better than I like this here. And I think I'm going to put one of the final destinations on next on on the uh, on the movie for next week. So there you go with uh, with uh, your review. Like I said, of Hellraiser, if I had to rate it again, I'd give it a three out of five. Uh, I know I didn't give Child's Play a rating last week, so for last week, uh, Child's Play rating, I would give it a 4 out of 5, only because Child's Play is still a classic and is one of my favorite horror flicks ever. But um, this is a 3 out of 5. If you can't stomach nasty shit like that, oh, my God, you're not, this is not for you. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So, 
let's get to the last thing you have to talk about before I give away my weekly get the fuck out of here award. Kanye West. Let me just say this. Kanye West, to me, is a musical fucking genius. Um, he helped craft one of my favorite artists, uh, one of his best albums ever, um, Jay-Z, The Blueprint. Um, he's produced for many people that I love, from Talib Kweli to Mos Def to, to, to Pusha T to, you know, and he's made some genius, genius music. But Kanye West has I'm not understanding what the fuck is wrong with him. He needs to take his meds. He definitely needs to take his fucking meds. I swear to God. This man needs to take his meds and really, I'm dead ass. But let's go to visual proof. Chase Beck has decided to end their relationship with Kanye and his company, Yeezy, and any of its affiliated entities. Don't believe me? Let's read it together. As it says, important, closing of our bank banking relationship. Dear Ye, and then it has something blacked out. We are sending you this letter to confirm our recent discussion with blank that J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. the bank, has decided to end its banking relationship with Yeezy LLC and its affiliated entities, collectively the company. To provide the company with sufficient, sufficient time to transition to another financial institute, we will continue to maintain the account uh, attached as Exhibit A, including all related products and services until November 21st, 2022. To avoid any transaction delays, we suggest that you stop processing company transactions and or using any products associated with the accounts five business days before the scheduled closure date set forth above. Uh, oh, after that date, the bank will close any open accounts and after deduction of any permissible service charges and pending transactions, remit all remaining funds in the form of a check delivered to the company at the address of record. We ask that you act promptly, transfer your business to another financial institute before November 21st. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to call your usual banking contact. Thank you for your attention to this matter. Sincerely, J.P. Morgan. Now, bravo, bravo, Chase. Now, I'm going to say this. 
I banquet you. Uh, living here in New York, there's chase every every fucking way. So it made it didn't make it a hard decision to decide when I when I decided to choose my own bank to bank with Chase. And you know they have different things and stuff like that that make it more amenable to me as a as a customer to where I, I, I bank at. But let me say this. Bravo, Chase. Because this is the reality of the situation. And this goes back to what I was saying. This goes back to what I was doing, what I said in the beginning about Alex Jones. You just can't do what the fuck you want and think you're going to get away with it. Now, there's going to be some bank, whether it be Bank of America or some other bank that's going to take this man's money, put it in put it in an account for him, and hold it for him, and do all his business and everything, and take care of everything he needs, because it's about money. But Chase made this clear, this is not about money. You crazy, nigga. You stupid. And you're crazy. And you just run around saying what you want to say, doing what you want to do, you trying to capitulate with these rich white folks, and these rich white folks don't give two shits about you, a la J.P. Morgan Chase. You, he doesn't understand that no matter what, all this capitulating you're doing with that white lives matter sweat and all that, you still a nigga to all these people. You are a fucking nigga to all these people. These people that don't give a fuck. You not you can't be in the inner circle. You are still a nigga. You may be a billionaire, but you still a fucking nigga to all these people. And my problem is, my thing is, Kanye, like, you're talking about your ex-wife and your kids, you're making all this beef and all that, but then you go and do stupid shit. You go and make yourself look dumb. And like I said, I don't, I, I, look, you're entitled to say and do what you want, but you are, you do, you got to understand that you're going to pay the price for whatever you do. And now you have to move everything. Now you have to take the time to talk to banks and all that when you could be doing something else completely different. And, and working on yourself, working on the relationship with your, 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 your ex-wife and your kids. But yet you're dealing with this because you want to be doing dumbness. You're not doing freedom. You're not talking about freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that. What you're doing is being dumb and showing them why black people, why they, show, show them why they think black pe- all black people is stupid. Kanye, the, the sooner you get you take, start taking your meds, the sooner you start getting it into your head, that you are still a nigga to these people, the better off. 
you will be. And the more you'll, you, you'll get a better result out of that. And I'm sorry. This is what you, you, you put yourself in this position. And it is what it is. So, here we go. So, now we're getting ready to end the show. I've had fun. I've talked about a movie. I've talked about two stupid people. And now, of course, as we end the show, I've always got to do this. Get the fuck out of here! Like, People don't understand. So, here we go. This week's Get the Fuck Out of Here Award is going to Candace Owens. Why? Is it going to Candace Owens? Well, let's let, let's start. Let, 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 let's just let, let's just let's just go to it. You know, I did it because Kanye called me and he said that he needed wait, me to wait, be let, there. Let's just let, let's just go to it and show you why she's getting to get the fuck out of here. War, ladies and gentlemen, this is Candace Owens. You know, I did it because Kanye called me and he said that he needed me to be there at the show and he needed me to be a part of the show. And when he told me what he had in mind and wearing these T-shirts, which, by the way, he told me the day of, um, I instantly understood what he was trying to do and what the artistic expression was. What it offered was a stunning commentary on the hypocrisy of the society that we live in. For years, we were told that Black Lives Matter was not an exclusionary phrase. We were told that it's just what we're saying. We're not trying to leave white people out, right? We're just saying this because this is a moment that black Americans need to have in this country. They were yeah. totally fine when Asian Lives Matter became a slogan as well. Asians, by the way, are doing better in this country economically than white Americans. They're more successful in education as well. And they're more likely to get credit cards, as just one example. And yet, despite all of that, it was okay to say Asian Lives Matter. We put on a T-shirt to actually do something that was inclusive, to say, actually, white Americans, you are allowed to be a part of this, too, because literally all lives matter. You know, I did it because Kanye called me and he said... So that he needed me to be there at wait wait wait, wait. That, that's that's one that, 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 that's one hold up here we go let, let, let's let, let, let's go here there are way more intellectual black Democrats you could have sat down with that you cho you chose an illiterate rapper because that's what she is. She's illiterate. Yeah, that's Candace Owens throwing some major shade at Cardi B following the rapper's chat with presidential candidate Joe Biden. And Cardi, she's not having it. 
Oh, snappity snap snap. It all started on Sunday when Candace tweeted this clip of herself on the Ben Shapiro show, accusing both the former vice president and Bernie Sanders of pandering to black people by conducting interviews with Cardi. It is demeaning. It is pandering. It is ridiculous, okay? And she asked pointedly ridiculous questions. I want lower taxes, but I want universal health care for all. She had no idea what she was doing, and yet both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden made the time to sit with her because they believe black people are stupid. And black people that thought, yay, that's a win. No, it's not a win. Yeah, she didn't sugarcoat it. It is one of the biggest insults. And Cardi, who has opened up before about English not being her first language, fired back on Twitter, writing in part, quote, I don't want to argue with you, Candace. I really don't have the time. I honestly just feel sorry for you. But that's not all Cardi had to say to the conservative commentator. Not even close. Quote, you are encouraging millions to vote for a man who laugh every time a black man gets killed by a cop and tell millions of Americans to drink bleach. Trump didn't even have you talking at the Republican convention. He thinks you're dumb. Oh, yes, honey. Candace responded, claiming that she turned down making an appearance at the Republican National Convention. I get tired of your commenters and your fans saying, Oh, she's clout chasing. I'd be clout chasing if I was challenging you to a rap battle. I'm not doing that. You're in my area. You're in politics. You're embarrassed because you realize you know nothing about anything when you're on Twitter. Candace did an eight-minute-long IGTV in response to Cardi on Sunday. You're only upset because people are telling you on Twitter that you got dragged, because you did get dragged, because you are uneducated when it comes to politics. Candace also mocked Cardi for asking Biden about lowering taxes while also wanting free universal health care. Cardi clarified in a later tweet that she wants her taxes to go to causes she cares about, like education. And that's when Cardi took the feud to Instagram Live. Why wouldn't Joe Biden sit down with me, Cardi B? I have millions of followers, and I pay millions in taxes. I'm heard all around the world. So just like I can make people pop their and have a good time. Just, just to show you a couple of things. So, Candace Owens, the reality of the situation is this. Candace Owens, all you do is run your mouth about how run, all you do is run your mouth about how uh, we as black people are made to look stupid. There's a, but you're making yourself look fucking stupid. You're making yourself look ignorant. You're making yourself look even worse. And then to top it all off, you went out and wore that fucking shirt knowing that Black Lives Matter is not just a slogan. It is what, it, it, it's more than what, it's more than that slogan. See, what you got to understand is you're equating Black Lives Matter to the movement where uh, the person did wrong instead of equating it to the movement itself. Because the Black Lives Matter is not a movement that belongs to one person. It belongs to all of black people. You want to know why Asian people could say Asian Lives Matter? I'm going to tell you why. Because they were getting killed. They're getting jumped. Over, they're getting racial, racially profiled. So hell yeah, they, they're allowed to scream that. 
White people can't scream that because they're not running around getting killed. They're not running around ha being, having to worry about the police pulling them over. They ain't, worried, they ain't, they ain't got to worry about just running to the store to get in Arizona and then being chased down and shot. They don't have to worry about these things. But there's pigmentation. We do. And you're looking like a straight asshole, a straight ass white right now, talking about, oh, uh, where look other people are looking stupid. And talking about, um, oh, I'm trying to start a movement that you're trying to start a movement where, oh, um, it's we should all be, we should all, um, hold up, we should all, it should all be uh, 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 one thing, nobody should be left out. Bitch, please. Bitch, please. Bitch, please. All right? Because at the end of the day, you're just doing dumbness. You're just doing dumbness, and you're making it worse for us as black people because when they know they have somebody on the other side on our side that looks like us, yo, spewing their stupidness, then they know, oh, we, we got one. We've got two. We've got three. We've got four. We've got a bunch of them. Bitch, please, go climb under the rock. Go suck that white dick that you've been sucking, and don't say nothing about black people. Don't get me wrong. I don't like to see nobody get punched in the eye. But I'm kind of I kind of wish Cardi B would punch her in the fucking eye, to be perfectly honest. And, but since I don't I can't do it, and I don't condone violence, Candace Owens, this is what you get. Get the fuck out of here! You know what? You're gonna get it again. Get the fuck out of here! And you know what? Here we go. Let's do it a third time. Get the fuck out of here! I mean, seriously. Like, come on, people. Come on. Anyway, it was fun. I mean, another, another week down. A couple weeks. We got three weeks in a row that's gone down. And, you know, we are going to keep it going. Uh, even when I go back to work, I'm going to find, I will, when I get my schedule, I will plan in advance. We will keep this going. But until next week, as always, you can find me at so what you saying five at gmail.com. That's S-O-W-T-U-S-A-Y-I-N-5 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at So What You Saying, Instagram at So What You Saying, Twitter at What Saying, or hit up our link tree which will give you access to everything, including our website. Also, follow us on Twitch, www.twitch.tv.
twitch.tv slash so what you saying. Sign up, give us a, a follow. It'll be greatly appreciated. It will help grow the program and the channel. I would like to thank everybody that joined me this week. This has been a wonderful, wonderful week. I will see you all next week. And as always, stay tuned.